Welcome to Beer Plus Three. I'm the fuck up Jeff. Um, I'm here with uh, the man who invented the f- afro, Mike uh, Zamora. I'd like to think I was a cute one. Hello. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just the fuck up. You are the cute one. And today we have a special guest uh, um, again because uh, we've already recorded about a half hour, 40 minutes of this podcast, and my laptop died, so we're now using my wife's laptop. But welcome, Caleb Sanders. Who's actually the cute one, for the record? I would say Nobody. probably. Nobody's disagreeing. That's true. That's true. <laughs> right on. Well, let's try this again. We already had one beer today, and it was a sour. Um, it was, uh, what was it? Uh, ten Barrels. Ten uh, Barrels. Cherry. Cherry Crush. <laughs> it was a lovely sour. Um, Very tasty. Perfect breakfast beer. Absolutely wonderful breakfast beer. Um, I don't know how many times I could say that this morning. <laughs> what? That it was a lovely breakfast beer. I know we've it, we've been saying it since we drank it. I swear every every sip, it just got better and better. Um, uh, we were going to talk about uh, uh, Caleb's Hawaiian leg. I don't think he wants to go through that story again. It well, was a lovely story. It was an awesome, interesting, you know, uh, horrible event in his life. I'll do the cliff notes. Stepped off the plane in Hawaii. Twenty four hours later, broke my leg. A week in the hospital. Hot doctor. Sixteen screws. Uh, Twelve screws. Twelve screws. Twenty. I thought it was 24 uh, screws. No, it was uh, 12 screws, a 20-inch plate uh, okay. on my uh, on my femur, and um, a traction pin that they couldn't anesthetize me for, so I got a screw drilled through the bottom of my leg. And absolutely no Maui Wowie. No Maui Wowie. That's no fun. I did not discover no that fun. I enjoyed smoking pot again until my next trip to Hawaii, so alas... Oh. You forgot the, the the part that intrigued me the most was the elephantitis of the nuts. Oh, yes. My nuts did swell up to roughly the size of grapefruit uh, because... Uh, Mike loves his nuts. As it turns out, when one, your leg drains and you're laying on your back, the only way for the yeah, fluid to go is into your pelvis, and that means the nuts. Yeah, well, I just find that nuts have lots of protein in my diet, sufficiently lacks protein, so I'm always seeking nuts. Well, hey, we all love nuts. This is true. At the very least, our own. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, well, I've I've been growing a vagina for years, but you know, mine is don't fault me for that. Mine has ceased to grow. I'm, I'm yeah. now at a, a holding yeah, stage. I'm, I'm I'm I've encouraged the growth of my vagina, and I you know I no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I am rich. So, um, yeah, I just wanted a matching set of mangina and a vagina, right? Exactly. <laughs> so 10-barrel uh, cherry, not cherry the bomb, cherry crush. The cherry crush. And now we're on to the apocalypse this IPA. Is the, I was going to ask you if this is the 10-barrel. We're doing a 10-barrel day here at, uh, well, Beer Plus 3. Well, it's, uh, Maggie's was doing a 10-barrel week, so mm-hmm. when I went to pick up beer yesterday, it was lovely. And yeah, Maggie's talented. awesome. Yeah, she is. She's very right. This was a good choice for the second one because the hops are a lot more forward in the Sam than they are in the Apocalypse. So right. I don't think we'd be able to taste this if we did the Sam first. Yeah. Right. This, this is- has the lovely uh, uh, nose on it that, uh, that I love, the, the flowery. Mm-hmm. Love that. It's and one of my and where the Melvin last week had the citrus of, yeah. of like a grapefruit, I'm tasting orange in this one. And we're mm-hmm. going to get orange in the Sam also. And I think that's something with 10 Barrels IPAs is they... They aim toward a more orange flavor rather than a grapefruit uh, flavor. Okay, it's good stuff. I, I, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's before noon. 
I don't know if that means I've. No, I, we, I was up at six, yeah. so I'd, yeah. <laughs> I. Yeah. I was up at six and at yeah. seven and at eight. Uh, For some reason, I decided to just constantly wake up this morning. Nah, uh, I that <laughs> I'm like that most mornings. So. Could, you, could a person have morning sex every time they wake up? Go back to bed, wake up, and it's morning sex again. I suppose that depends on your individual staying power. Some uh, of us have longer refractor per, refractory periods than that. Oh, I, I suppose I could just that. not finish. <laughs> yeah. I, I was able to do that many years ago when I was, I think it was 19, was the last time I really was able to I've just actually go, never been able to do boom, that. Boom, 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 one after another. I've, I've always been duration, not It was uh, between 19 and, and like 22, I was, I was, I'm sorry, I was guys. able to do that. Well, I just don't, I, I right now don't have the chance to do that, so. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Right. There's that, you know, we're, we, we got a kid, you know, it's just the, the whole timing. It's the life thing, yeah. just kind of caught up. It's actually never really been a problem for me. When I was a teenager, my boyfriend could go and go and go and go, and I could just keep going and keep going and keep going, so I would just let him go as often as he wanted, and I would finish when we were done. It works out perfectly. We do roughly the same thing currently. And that's, you know, the, the speaking of that, that's that's one of the things I noticed when I went to the Hump uh, Film Festival last year, and I was not too familiar with gay porn. But what surprised me is that one guy finished, the top finished, and 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 wanted to go again, and the bottom didn't have a problem. If it had been me and I was the bottom, I'd be like, there's no way, buddy. I'm done. You're done. We're finished here. It's all over. And that, that just blew my mind. It just... I was t- totally taken back, and I went, man, these guys are living a life I know nothing about. Sounds like it's a pretty good life. Yeah. If you ask me, but I think we could ask Caleb. <laughs> I'm trying to decide entirely how much to share here. That's. Uh, I mean, it's up to I've you. I've got stories, but uh, no, you let's just say feel that free, there, are, bo- there are a lot level. of bottoms who are a lot like a lot of women, where they're, they're either multi-orgasmic or you know, they don't need to have the standard guy orgasm in order to enjoy bottoming. So it's just like, yeah, just keep going as much as you want. I'm going to enjoy it regardless. When when you're all done, just let me know and I'll finish. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, they're they're good to go that well, way. Well, couldn't you just switch at some point? It depends on the guy. Some guys don't bottom, some guys don't top. Like you've never tried <laughs> yeah. I would, uh, though generally speaking, I don't have a lot of respect for total tops. They are, um, they generally believe... Sounds like they're a little selfish. They are a little selfish, and they generally believe they're better at sex than they actually are. And because So most white men. Yes, actually. Most men in general. You take your average white straight guy... Mm-hmm. That's basically the personality of most cops. Yeah. yeah it sounds like a, a lot going back to the movie we saw um, a couple weeks back with uh, the guy who was very much, even though it was a man-woman relationship, you would call him the top in that he wasn't given any consideration to his partner. He was just like, okay, I'm, I'm just here. I'm doing my thing. I'm enjoying myself. You're not giving me what I want or whatever. Is this filth? No, nah, not filth. It was the movie with the Batman guy. Christian Batman. Bale? Uh, not, not, not Batman himself. The boy Robin. Oh, uh, Don John. Don John. Oh, exactly. Don John. Don John, okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it sounds like what Caleb is describing kind of reminds me of. Yeah, the he, he was got. definitely Don John. was a classic top. Yeah, yeah, he was. I he, could see that. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen that movie? I no, I haven't. I, I should. I actually heard you guys talking about it. It's one I intend to see. Just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. No, great movie. But yes, yeah, I, I he did talk about that. That's funny. Actually, speaking of movies, Mike and I were talking online about this. Are you familiar with Wes Anderson stuff? Like, oh, absolutely. I've seen pretty much all of it, uh, except for the new one, 
the Grand Budapest. Uh-huh. I loved Moonrise Kingdom, mm-hmm. which, which is the one you have. Fucking seen. amazing. Which, yeah, surprisingly, it, it it came at a period in my life when I don't know, I just wasn't given a lot of time to movie. Wes Anderson, you know, is one of my top ten directors for sure. Yeah. Uh, Rushmore is like my number one or number Rushmore's two movie. A great movie. So. I have a Absolutely. lot of love for Wes Anderson, but for some reason, Moonrise Kingdom just came, and I just couldn't get around to watching the it. The only movie of his that I need to go back and revisit is that Steve Suzu, The Life Aquatic. The Life Aquatic. That is the one that I did not. I was not impressed with it. And for me, that's Darjeeling Limited. And I was talking with Tamara about this the other day. The part of the problem for me with I, one of the things I love about Wes Anderson is his um, the staging. He doesn't try and make you feel like you're. In real life, it is obviously a movie. Yes. Nothing is real in his mm-hmm. stuff. And so you, these over-the-top characters fit in because it's not really the world. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that in Darjeeling Unlimited. The world didn't seem artificial. It felt real. So you get these over-the-top characters that See, didn't See, I didn't know in. that was his film. Yeah. I would have never known. Yeah, he was yeah. trying a different and style, I think, with that movie. I, and, yeah, and, and, and then, I, for me, that film was totally forgettable. I, mm-hmm. I know everyone raved on it at the time, and I watched it and then completely just forgot about yeah. it. <laughs> it was just kind of a passing thing. I, I, I enjoyed so. it. I'm, I'm kind of wondering, though, if he had a different cinematographer because, as Caleb says, the, the look and feel of it was mm-hmm. completely different than any yeah. of the other movies. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but you know the characterizations were very much all Wes Anderson, but the the, the, oh, yeah. the feel of the celluloid, the film... Wasn't wasn't the same as like watching Grand Budapest. I, I seen that a couple of days ago, and you're watching it, and you can see the grains in the film that he's re-added, just so that you know you're sitting there watching a film. And it's too colorful. Life is not as colorful as a Wes Anderson. Film. Oh, absolutely. And just watching these contrasting colors sitting on top of each other, it's it's the type of thing I would not have liked before going through. Tamara got an art history degree. And through her, I learned to appreciate abstract art. My best friend Kevin getting a music performance degree through him I've learned to appreciate non-entertaining music art music and what like uh, what type of music like, uh, I, mean, I know art but or I don't like, know uh, music the kind go of into music. some of the more modern sub, not all the way to like Philip Glass which is just like random tones but mm-hmm. even some of the, the Gershwin stuff which are like tone poems where the, mm-hmm. the music is telling a different story than just the it's not yeah. just intended to be pleasing to the ear. It's intended to... Well, the first thing that came to my artistic. mind was like Miles Davis or like kind of that experimental jazz, things like that. Yeah, and I think the key is when you have taken art form past just the idea of it being aesthetic mm-hmm. toward it being artistic, you have... There's different reasons to approach it. I can watch a movie that's or a show that's purely entertaining and not expect it to have any artistic value at all. I go to see the Transformers movies not because I expect to see a great piece of art, but because I grew up with the Transformers and seeing giant robots fight each other is fucking awesome. Yes, There's right. yes, no other value to it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, th- I think when you approach that limit uh, where it becomes less mainstream and it's more about the art, it starts to become a technical skill and where the artist, artist is showing the technician within themselves to bring forward this art. And, and, and you know, truthfully, when you start hitting that boundary... Uh, you know, probably it's only going to be artists that really appreciate what the, the person's producing because they're going to know the techniques that are mm-hmm. going into it. You you can't go into it blind. You need a guide. And that was me with abstract art. Until, until Tamara explained it to me, I didn't understand why Rothko was interesting. It's just a bunch of color on a canvas, maybe with another color bisecting it. And now he's one of my favorite artists. I love Rothko's stuff. But uh, I you can't approach it without help. And that's the hard thing. You can approach Transformers not knowing anything about Transformers. Oh, absolutely. It's just shit blowing up. 
But in order to get Wes Anderson, you need to understand what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarmouche, which I don't know a huge amount of his stuff, but Only Lovers Left Alive is at the Pickford, and has Tilda Swetton, who oh, I love. I want to. I do want to see that. Yeah. And it's the it's this ridiculously slow, in some parts, plotting. There are probably twenty minutes of the movie is just Tilda Swetton walking around um, a city in Morocco, the name of which is completely escaping me right now, but. Um, you don't care. Isn't that Kashmir? No, it was... Um, I think Kashmir's in Morocco. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I'm not remembering uh, exactly where Moroccan she's walking. Moroccan cities. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think but. of the Jim Jarmusch film that I absolutely love. Um, of, course, of course, Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. But what's the one with the oh, taxi great drivers? Movie. The, uh, where he's uh, end of end of the world. No, last night on earth. Last night uh, on earth. Or something to yeah, that effect. Last night yeah. On earth. yeah, that was a great one. My favorite was the Italian. Oh yeah, absolutely. the Italian bit uh, where he's just going on and on about falling in love with a sheep when he's young and, yeah. and how he loved the sheep and the positions <laughs> he would do the sheep in. And it's a priest that he's carrying around. <laughs> it was absolutely. I could. I had to rewind that yeah, part like yeah. six times. And I was laughing so hard. And, and it's the very Wonderful. animated Robert uh, Benini, right? Yeah. He's, oh. Oh, yeah, sitting in the back, and he's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, great film. The the Wonderful opening movie. shot of Only Lovers Left Alive. You're coming down on Tilda Swinton. Just there's books all around her, and this giant canopy bed, and she's just laying there, her head sort of leaning against her giant four poster bed, and books just surrounding her. And then it flash, and everything around her is like all white. And then it flashes over to Tom Hiddleston's character who's just got music stuff everywhere, instruments and soundboards and everything like that, and everything around him is black, <laughs> and the camera is, like, circle, spiraling in around them while this uh, just uh, almost like uh, acid rock is playing in the yeah. background. And, like, just watching this scene in the theater is just like, yeah, I'm going to love this movie. Yeah, it's, and it's, yeah. it's just awesome. And, and the way they visually were able to portray you, you almost said it right there, was they were going down on them, right? I mean, yeah. it, was, it was very much a going down kind of atmosphere where you're, you know, you're coming down on the body, you know, just yeah. to, to pleasure it, you know, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. They, yeah. And they were there open and receptive. Yeah. It was yeah. perfect. And Tom Hiddleston, not my usual. Tilda Swinton, not my usual. They, I would let them rock my world in any way they wanted to, though. At least those characters who are, who are actually named Adam and Eve. They're vampires named Adam and Eve, which is just yeah. That adds another layer of perfect. Yeah, I've been I've thing. been seeing the the trailers for a while now for that movie, and I've definitely it's one of the ones on my yeah. list. That's got to be a stark contrast to the Lego Movie, which I watched this week with the kids. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, a little but bit. again, you know, speaking We're, of the art of film, you know, the Lego the Lego film. I, I like the way it begins, and and I, at the first part of the movie I wasn't sure I was going to watch it I thought for sure I was going to sit with the kids and be on my phone but uh, towards the middle it sucked me in but they start the movie and it very much feels like it's animated brick building and I'm like oh Oh, really? I thought this was an animated film like in a traditional sense computer animation did a wonderful job on the the bricks the shower alone when he's taking a shower all the little pieces are coming (laughs) out like the shower and then the the bubbles are coming up and they're pieces and and then he gets one in his eye (laughs) and the way the movie kind of transitions from that feel without even telling you, but it translate transitions into like a more animated film where everything's much more smoother. 
and you, you get you kind of lose the sense of the the brick building going on in the background. Well, I think I think that's more of the illusion because the brick building is going on the whole time. It's just your eyes are getting used to it now. But it becomes yeah. like yeah. abstract art. You get far enough away from it, you no longer notice the individual yeah. strokes. It mm-hmm. merges together. But at the end of the movie, when they start rolling the credits, they go back into the other format, and you just you just suddenly realize, holy cow! I watched the movie, and it, it went from this stage, and then it went to this thing that was much more smoother and blended, that was was very enjoyable, and then it, they go back to showing you what it could have looked like if it was somebody building bricks and animating it. Yeah, yeah it was. It was a really cool movie. Not only that, but I, I love the story. You know, this, the, whole... it, it, the story was great. I love the 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 little. Shit, I guess you call it shout outs to everything. Yeah, uh, just everything. Batman was, in... was awesome. Darkness. <laughs> no parents. <laughs> and he's like throwing his batarang. He's like flick 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 flick. Ha! First, First try. try. <laughs> yes, uh, the the actor that does that. He's he's uh, God. What's his name? He's from. Uh, uh, the show they canceled and then brought back. I can't remember. Oh, his the name. Uh, Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Yeah, he's he's the the brother and re- not the the one Blue Man Group guy, not the brother in law, but the other the brother. I think in that um, can't remember his name oh, yeah, for the life. Of yeah, me. it's like right at the tip of my. Tongue. Yeah, and and he's okay, genius. We have the Everything power I've seen. Of smartphones here, people. We do. We do have the power of smartphones. Well, they're looking on the their phones. Smart. Are smart. Smarter than me. So, but the Lego Movie is <laughs> okay, awesome. Okay, Google Lego Movie. <laughs> Impress us, Google. Hey, you, Come on, Google. Wait for okay. it. You started talking, and now I have Lego Movie Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> IMDb Lego Movie. IMDb. We can't have radio silence waiting for yeah, Google. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to have okay. radio silence. My phone picked up. Stop it. My... <laughs> Sorry. My phone this is why we listening. type. My like, phone keeps listening, so I have IMDb Lego Movie DP. My phone picked up <laughs> because when you said IMDb, all it got from you was uh, double Lego penetration. <laughs> double penetration. Did it, did it immediately go into your search history? Oh, um, this is not the only time DP will be in my uh, search history, so we don't have to worry about it. No, your phone's probably very comfortable. And I got the Lego DP. Movie right here. Yeah, so do I. It's up IMDb. It's Will Arnett is his name. Uh, Chris Pratt, who is going to be in uh, the next movie I really, really want to see in the theater. Uh, oh, yeah, him. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes. But Will Arnett does the the Batman in this, and God damn, it's hilarious. Somebody asked me recently if I thought uh, Pratt uh, was good looking. I just said, um, he looks like every frat boy bro ever. <laughs> he does look like a dude bro. I'll give you that. So he's getting laid then, obviously. Um, yes, but not the way that he likes to advertise. I found that frat boys only get laid by other guys when they're really drunk. Really? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like the end of the night kind of thing then for the frat boys. <laughs> if you're drunk enough and can only vaguely remember it, it's not gay. Are they getting sex in bathrooms? Because earlier today we had a discussion about sex in bathrooms. Yes. And unless yes. it's your own bathroom, how gross it is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Has very, anyone very... else, aside from myself, had sex in a public bathroom? In a public bathroom? Never. No? Uh-huh. Not that I can. Oh wait, wait, no. wait! Uh, semi, semi public. Okay. So, what do you mean semi? Well, like, you can consider a, uh, my high school being semi public. Right. This is not recent, by the way. I'm not that gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did, years and years and years ago. I yes, did I was in high school. I, I, I did have somebody dock me and do letting him go down with me a little bit at a restroom at Western, but that was uh, that was um, brief, and then it became gross, and I stopped. Yeah, I'm just thinking uh, of public, someplace where you've got to be a member. So, uh, member. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember. Uh, so, you, you wouldn't count a bathhouse as a public restroom? 
Uh, Even though the whole thing is basically no, a public um, restroom. Yeah, probably. You know, probably that's no, nah, it's not public because you know the people that are having sex in a public bathhouse, you know, that's what they're there for. Yeah, you're not going to get some kid walking in. You know, anybody, anybody who's in that bathhouse depends on your definition of kid and what country you're in. But yes, exactly. (laughs) Speaking of, we were watching the second season of Orange Is the New Black last night. Oh my god, yeah, great! Great And there's the scene where um, brain just went blank. Uh, Jason Biggs' character Mm -hmm. is there with his dad, and they're in a steam room. Exactly what I was thinking of. Yes, and. Then it, the camera angle turns, and there are two guys in this steam room just sucking face. And then you see three more guys come in over here, and they start, you know, you hear sort of giggling and moaning coming from that oh, direction. There was a towel going over the lap that just blew my yes. mind. And then you don't have, it's like, they're sort of ignoring this. The whole scene <laughs> is ignoring this going on. And then finally, Jason Biggs' character is like, Dad, why are we at a gay bathhouse? <laughs> he's line. like, oh, no, it's just, it's really clean and, and nice. And he's like, Dad, why are we at a gay bathhouse? He's like, I had a group on. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. That was perfect. Oh, see, I watched the first episode and I kind of enjoyed that show. And I just, I want to go back. My wife didn't enjoy it. Yeah. So it, it, it was I generally don't get to watch things when my wife says stop. So I have my, like, two or three shows I watch. And you know, it was very funny because I meant to watch the show and I would catch episodes here and there. And we started uh, when the first season came out, and Nicole started watching it. She was really into it, which I couldn't believe because it's by the same creator of of Weeds, and she hated Weeds. But she's I hated Weeds after season two. I liked Weeds in season one, but we didn't. We just kind of stopped watching Mm -hmm. it. But we were going to watch it together, and suddenly she couldn't stop. And then she gets like way ahead of me, so I'm catching it in bits and pieces here. And then very the same thing last night. Okay, I'll go. Let's start season two. We'll sit and we'll watch it together. It's like, okay, well, it's 11.30 now. I need to go to bed. Well, she's not stopping to watch it. She continues to watch it for two more episodes. I'm like, okay, great. There's another show that I won't get to watch because you refuse to watch it with me. It's no, too good I, for you to wait. When, when it's well, something we watch together, generally, if she gets ahead of me, she just has to watch them again. Because so, I'll just sit down and put them on. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, too bad for you. Might as well catch up so we can start watching yes, them together. And that was your choice. <laughs> so it used to be that it was like, oh, I just give up on the show. But now I'm like, no, nah, there's just shows like Orphan Black. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm going to make you watch them all again. I, Cameron and I actually have a pact. We do not get ahead of each other on shows that we're both watching together. If she wants to... You know, if there's there are shows that she watches that I don't, and the other way around, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. uh, if we're watching a show together, we uh, we we stick to the pact. No, I'd like to give Orange Is the New Black a, certainly a, a chance because it does look fun. I think actually, I think Yami would enjoy it if she let it progress past the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've always said you need to at least give, and I learned this from uh, Torchwood. Like you got to go at least three to four episodes in before you really can can judge a show except for Salem I don't know if anybody's watched that trite but yes we, we brought up the Salem before and yeah. I, I still haven't watched it but uh, you I need don't to think sit down and watch uh, yeah it's on WGN whatever the hell that is I thought it was the game show network but whatever <laughs> that's GSN that's yeah. GSN okay there you go but uh, no it's it's the most misogynistic pieces of shit I've ever seen in my fucking that, life that hasn't so changed yet is, is Mike in it is Mike in it? No, Mike is not in it. No. I, I did submit. It's 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 a show that's uh, not on a paid cable channel. That's really trying to be a paid cable channel show. 
Right. Yeah. So there's lots of sex. There's absolutely, uh, and it's written so terribly. There's no plot. It's just mostly evil witches and trying to seduce um, priests and shit. <laughs> and then uh, lots of lesbian sex on top of it that doesn't really go anywhere, but always involves an evil ritual. Of course. So lesbian sex is evil. And yeah, it's just. Well, unless it, a man. That is, just goes all down. Lesbian sex that, so. is only acceptable if a man is present to enjoy it. I know. I know. Like it's just. Oh, it's it fucking terrible. So it's, it's very but anyway, and for the record, internet, I don't actually believe What's that. Next? Yes. So it's very misogynistic. And, and my mistake in driving up here, Caleb and I are having a conversation. I gave him a, a glimpse into my misogyny, and uh, well, and I also listened to the whole you being like, I, you know, I know this is going to make me sound misogynist on like uh, podcast five. Yeah. Whatever, and Rick's like, that's not misogynist, right? Clean, fresh, fun. I can't remember the exact context, but I, I didn't think it was misogynist. It, it's one of those. I acknowledge that women have their own feelings. How is that misogynist? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it was so funny though because I walked again into that again the other day, uh, Friday. You know, Nicole's been going through a mood. You know, the mood that comes to visit uh, r- regularly. Antirma. Yeah, exactly. So her and I were having just a complete a complete day, and you know we were kind of <laughs> stuck together because we had I had to travel down to see my mom, and we had business to do. Mm-hmm. And we we're in the car together all day long, and you know the day began with us going at it, just head to head. Because I'm kind of like in the position where like you know, okay, you're going to be in a bad mood, but why do I got to put up with it? So I'm not, you know, I'm not as compassionate as most people would be, you know. It, it, and uh, at a certain point, I was went to the Anderson household, and I needed to pick up a mic. And there's a lot going over there. They're, you know, they're two very emotional oh, people right now. They've got their daughter who huge just gradu- emotions and yeah, big stuff. Going their da- on, their so. daughter graduated yesterday, and they, you know, Rick was, you know, he looked a little at ends, and you know, I can understand, you know, the pressure that's probably on him and being placed on him by some of the other people in the household, and. Uh, you, you know, I could see that he had the same kind of tension in his life as I did. I'm listening to his story, and Deanne's telling, that, you know, going, well, hey, you just wait till your kid gets it old. And I go, yeah, and it'll probably be that much worse if there's, a, like, a cycle going on. And, and then Deanne just totally gives herself up, and, and it's... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it, she she looks at Rick and she goes, "Why did you tell Mike that I was cycling?" And and Rick was like, "Hey, wait, wait a minute! I didn't tell him. You just admitted that." <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was it was perfect. It was a perfect little moment, you know. Rick and I both knew what we were talking about, even though we weren't saying anything. And then somebody just sold themselves What's down the river. <laughs> nice. It was beautiful. That wasn't an accusation until you admitted to it. <laughs> exactly. My my only complaint about Aunt Irma visiting is. It seems to be a complete surprise every time. It's like, how long have you been going through this? I mean, it's a surprise. I knew it was coming because I, you know, you, you see the I'm, I'm very conscious We learned of to that. keep track. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it, she's like, oh, I'm like, oh, really? You didn't know this was going to happen? So yeah, okay. I, I, that was my, that's my only real complaint about it. She has every right to scream at me, so I'm good. Yeah, we're all pigs. <laughs> Speak for yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I can't. I can't vouch. I, no, I'm not claiming I, I'm a pig by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I did uh, make a commitment that I have to stick to, regardless of moods and other oh, things. And so, I she she has every right to scream and, and yell and if, right I, if I could vacation so. for two weeks of every month, I'd be okay. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, we were actually talking yesterday about they how say our you'll uh, never go back to your old cleaning ways again. Our interactions with our married friends muscle. are always a, a little bit weird liquid gel because it's like she has a bunch of you know, married so female friends. It's like way. they all get together for drinks and then like ninety percent of conversation is bitching about their husband. And then they'll look at Tamara and she's like, Caleb and I actually get along really well. We like doing things with each other. Like, whatever. It's like. 
Sorry for having a functional relationship. Have you seen healthy right. relationship over here? <laughs> right. Exactly. But of course, it's easier. And I said it's actually a lot easier with guy friends because it's funny with how competitive guys are. We don't consider life a competition. We consider things a competition. Right. So yes. it's like if I say, you know, Tamara and I enjoy doing things, you two aren't like, well, fuck off. But girls are like that a lot. Oh, it's yeah. like if Tamara's like, oh, no, Caleb and I enjoy doing things together. It's like, why are you even at drinks with us then? What? It's, you know, you, you hate that I'm happy? Why? Mm-hmm. So, but that never happens with guy friends. No, uh, absolutely not. That's that, mean, uh, there's a German word for that. What's that? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Taking yeah. pleasure in other people's pain. Yes. <laughs> I think women are the reason for that word because I've, <laughs> I see that a lot with the women at work. Like if one's doing really well, the rest of them all hate her. And then when somebody else is doing well, those all hate her. I'm like, why can't you guys or just get along? Or that's sort of the inverse. It's like they, they hate anybody's yeah. good fortune and they then they cheer about people. It's like... They, they want that opportunity to comfort each other. It's like, I'm sorry you're going through this. Yeah, your husband is such an asshole. I know. Yeah, I suppose. And yeah, I just... If, if they don't have that opportunity, it's like they... It's I, I, Honestly, I think most, for most women, it's like every time they're around somebody who doesn't fight with their partner in public, they're like, oh, uh, is there something wrong with me then? But, yeah, there's something wrong with you that you're fighting with your partner in public, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's interesting to note, though, the kind of lengths you have to go through to have these healthy relationships, you know? Maybe, you know, may, maybe healthy relationships live outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. The moment you make your relationship different in any way from the norm, all of a sudden you've walked off the the directions that Google Maps gave you, and you get to decide your own path. And once you realize you can decide one aspect of it, yeah. you can decide every aspect of it. And I think that's a lot of it for Tamara and I. There was really no recipe for a guy who at the time identified as gay and a woman to build a life together. Uh, so we, like, went off on some random direction and we built everything. You know, my sense of identity has changed since then. We we built what we wanted to have rather than what society handed us on a plate. Uh, speaking of, uh, like, your guys' relationship or any relationship, I mean, we we all kind of base our relationship on something. Is is your relationship based most solely on, like, your friendship? Because obviously you guys have been friends a long time. We were friends for three years before we got together. Exactly. So she, you know, she and I were friends when I was with my boyfriend in high school. And mm-hmm. it was a... Um, I guess in a lot of ways, our relationship was based upon the realization, almost 18 years ago, that we wanted to be together. We wanted to have a life together. We just didn't know what that was going to look like. Yeah. So the desire to be together was the beginning. Yeah. Everything else came as how do we make this work? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're when you when you're the one developing the rule set to live by, you can make it. You know, you can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, people. So funny story exactly. about that, actually. Uh, have your cake and eat it too is originally eat your cake and have it too. Yeah, and it's an archaic usage of it that was actually involved in catching the Unabomber because he was one of the only people who used it the right way, and oh, he yeah. used it in one of his Duncan in Churchill. one of his yeah. Unabomber messages. Right, and they actually found in a situation where Kaczynski had used it. Yes. Separately, and it was such a rare usage that they it was one of the pieces of evidence that they connected together. It, it's funny how often the Unabomber comes up in this podcast. He's an interesting guy. I think that we talk too little about domestic terrorists Yeah, in this, uh, in this country. But, yeah, I, it's a um, when you realize you have to build everything, it's a shitload of work. It is exhausting. I, I, there are times I'm sure both Tamara and I were thinking, I wish we could go on autopilot during the first few years right. of our relationship. Uh-huh. 
but we're really glad now that we never did. Because we, you know, I think of it like a roller coaster. There's a lot of work going up, but then you get to coast a lot around that thing. What? I love how I'm making hand gestures, even yeah. though no one other than you, Mike, gets to see the hand gestures. Well, I appreciate the hand gestures, and, and I'll, I'll go along those lines. And, and yeah, it, it's a lot of work. And when, when uh, I, I talk about life with other people and I go, well, you know, it, it, there's so much work that goes into it, but the payoff for the work is there. But, you know, you've got to be a trooper going in. You can't be one of those, these people who, who are not dedicated to putting in the work. If there's mm-hmm. no dedication, it's never going to happen. Uh, well, and, it'll never happen regardless of, yeah. you know, your situation, whether you're gay, straight, yeah, whatever. No matter the relationship, even friendships, it's not going to work if, if people not, aren't willing to commit. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, I think commit and realize that the commitment comes along with effort. Yeah. I think uh, all too many people think that commitment is something you do once when standing in front of a priest. Yeah. And then it stops. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually once encountered somebody who... Um, he and his fiance had been fighting a lot and he actually said the words I can't wait until we're married so that all of this will go away oh wonderful <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just as it, we were like wow did somebody just reach over and slap him in the back of the head it was one of the circumstances where everybody involved realized there would be no point he'll just have to learn yeah. well I think that's pretty much how the human race works <laughs> but well, some of us are actually able to learn vicariously i had an older brother who fucked up a lot uh-huh. on a lot of things a lot of times and i got to watch him do that and be like hmm i won't do that and i won't do that that's an okay idea yeah that's a good idea won't do that won't do that won't do that there are a lot more counterexamples than examples in his life <laughs> well it's nice that you could walk away having him impart some of his wisdom or, or anti-wisdom on you <laughs> yeah. well i think i think that's uh as far as because i'm an only child and it's I've, I've i've observed brothers and sisters my whole life and that's like an advantage that some of the younger brothers and sisters have is like you need to watch that person because they're the ones that are probably going to screw up and you can learn from their mistakes and it's how it's funny how some brothers and sisters do learn and then other brothers and sisters like i've i've known two brothers like a younger brother and an older brother the younger brother just completely followed right in the footsteps of the older brother and then sometimes the older brother you know the younger brother learns all the you know um, when I was going to school to be a teacher back when I believed that that would be a good idea. It turns out not liking kids is a barrier to being a teacher. That would, yeah. But um, (laughs) there's actually... Well, I mean, I can see you getting along with high schoolers. Um, Yeah. I'm going to finish my initial point and then we'll come back to that. (laughs) So um, in terms of learning and motivation, uh, the signs of that, the ability to watch somebody else fuck up Mm -hmm. and then not follow in their footsteps is... Is referred to as the ability to learn vicariously. Yes, that you can you, you can generalize it. to you an experience somebody else has had. Mm-hmm. It's actually a relatively uncommon ability. Most people can't successfully learn unless they've experienced the negative repercussions themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, if yeah. you figure about a third of the population ish can learn vicariously, it's totally understandable why you watch siblings go through the exact same patterns because mm-hmm. they learn the same fucked up patterns from their parents as their older sibling did. And they just walk right into them. Yeah. I am fortunately one of those people able to learn vicariously. My little brother, less able to. He followed a lot of the patterns of our older brother. He, <laughs> My little brother had no desire to be anything like me, so he was not going to follow in my footsteps at all. Uh, and then my little sister had some ability to learn vicariously. But um, 
High schoolers are assholes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The, my problem isn't actually that. Hey, wait a minute! I'm going to have a high schooler in my life here in the next year, uh-huh. and, and she's already snarky. So, oh, the shithead no, will I, follow. Yeah. <laughs> she, that is actually trumped by something else. Yeah. So, I firmly believe that every member of the human species has a full and robust soul and conscience, except for teenage girls between 13 and 16. I'll keep this in mind. They are soulless horrors. Who embody the deepest aspects of evil. And I can say this, having known my dearly beloved life partner Uh when she was that age. So you're saying that with love and not misogyny. I am saying, uh, so young boys are always stupid. Old boys Young girls are virtually always evil. And that's and this is wonderful thing that makes high school work. So I'm going to know when my daughter turns evil that the change has come. I'm going to witness the evil and I'm going to know that it's going to end by when, 16ish. When if you walk into your your kid's room and your son is duct taped to the bed like Christ on the cross, yeah, then you know what happened. We've already crossed that line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the key the key transition I have found when I was teaching and having a unusually large family is um. The moment that your daughter and your mother, and her mother, excuse me, your daughter and her mother cannot be near each other without World War III starting. Yeah. This is what that's when conscience is shut off and evil has begun. Oh, I know that. I know that's coming, and so, yes. I'm, I'm just waiting for the it's power play because I can see that that's going to be a battle this for like certain males. This is like some males. Lovecraftian deity oh, that no, comes no, down no, and no, just no, yeah, no, it takes no, over no, young no, women or what? So you know the whole <laughs> anime tentacle thing. Yeah. I'm fairly certain that's just based on what teenage girls are. Yeah, exactly. So no, to be a teenage boy again. Ooh, no, please, for the actually, love of all that's holy. I am so glad I was pr- primarily pursuing boys when I was a teenager. Because teenage girls are such bitches. I, I, my life started to become uh, uh, almost adult and conscious probably around 26. So <laughs> Maybe I'm a late bloomer, yes. but uh, no, that's, I, when you, that's when you finally laid off on the pot a little bit. No, I laid off on the pot earlier than that, like 21, 22. I but it took a few it. years to recover. No, I suppose, yeah, no, you know, I know. I've only felt but, like my adulthood come in in the last month or two. So, you know, you're, you're far <laughs> and above better than me. As we started the podcast, <laughs> yes. that's when you're like, okay, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm speaking into a microphone and posting it on the internet. Exactly. I must be an adult. I now. better be a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> well, like my, uh, you know, I haven't quite filled in yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, fellas, we're moving on to the Sam, oh. which is a three-hop beer, which has Simico. Is that one empty already? Oh, no, it's yeah, like half full. Simico, Amarillo, it's and Mosaic. Mosaic Hops. Yes. Um, again, this is a 10-barrel brew. Always like a more um, bit Mosaic. Ooh, look at that. It's a bit uh, cloudier, I think, isn't it's it? It's cloudier. It the, is a darker beer than the other one. It is a little bit yeah. darker. I'm going to guess. This is actually among my favorite colors. This amber color has become one of my favorite colors because... The beers I love are almost always this color. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick, I'm sorry. I know yeah. you're into the darker beers. It's it's understandable. I get it. Nick, also, if you listen to this, I know you like the darker beers. But that Belgian Blonde was awesome. It you was. You have to admit that. that, that it is good. 
Yeah. The, one, the Wander Belgian. Wander's Belgian Bond. I forgot do to it. post yeah. that on uh, Untapped, but... Yeah, that's that's an excellent beer. And I've oh, got, maybe I did. I was just... I've got a Belgian at that. home now, the Damnation from uh, Russian River, California. They also oh, did yeah. a Pliny beer. So I've got, uh, I've got a $20, 12-ounce beer sitting in my fridge waiting for the next podcast oh, I got, recording. I got uh, two uh, uh, 22s in there, and I think the total is about $37 yeah, <laughs> for it, two of them. So, exactly. And that's the uh, Ninkasi's... Uh, uh, the 2010-2011 versions of Critical, critical. Hit. Oh, that's where I seen them. I recently posted that. Hey, I know I know that I've seen some Critical yeah. Hit lately. I can't remember where I they seen them. They just came out with. They just released the 2012. So I'm probably going to go buy that, and that'll be when I, we, our last day playing D and I'll break the, all that stuff open. So hey, this one is weird for an IPA because it is. Ooh. Yeah. It's bigger in the middle than it is on the front or back. My urine has smelled like this. It's got a lot of head on it for an IPA, though, and I think I poured okay. So, uh, you know, it's a little carbon carbonation. I'm going to guess. Wow, it is very different. Yeah. It's really good. It's like an inside-out IPA. It's kind of weird. Ooh. Yeah, it's completely a negative to the... the uh, what is it? Apocalypse. Yeah, apocalypse. apocalypse. Yeah. Which my daughter, uh, my six-year-old, used that word perfectly the, uh, yesterday. So I was like, "Oh, yeah." Well, the daughter right. of gamers is going to know the word apocalypse. <laughs> She does know a lot of words. And the, the, uh, what was it? What did she say yesterday? Oh, she said, "Oh, she was talking about words. Uh, they they can't call each other baby in her class." Mm-hmm. And then she she pipes up, "Oh, we can't say fuck either." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That that kind of makes sense." Yeah, it's perfect. Well, yesterday my daughter had to instruct me on how to spell apocalypse. As you know, I was updating our oh, Facebook page, and, and she's standing behind me, and she's going, "Dad, are you trying to spell apocalypse? That's not how you do it." <laughs> I do. I have to type out everything in Word first to make sure I've spelled everything correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm just a terrible speller. I was never good at what we call English class. So, <laughs> but I, when was it? Your autocorrect issues yesterday. Oh, <laughs> so which I love when somebody bitches at autocorrect and gets an autocorrect error in the process of bitching about. Oh, did autocorrect. I get one? Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> oh, shit, I didn't, let I didn't me bring even the, Let me bring that back up. That's why I did the thumbs up. Is because <laughs> your your autocorrect was compounded by another autocorrect. Well, I mean, it, uh, let's 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 not call it what it is. I mean, autocorrect. It's auto set it readable. You know, but it's, I've actually there's something called SwiftKey that I've downloaded for my phone. It's a new keyboard, and it's awesome because I, I make no autocorrect errors anymore. It actually it syncs with my Facebook and my Gmail. Yeah. It reads everything I've typed, and it predicts based on things I'm actually likely to type what the next word is going to be. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I can actually type, like, the first letter of something and just type it, tap its suggestions and just stop typing. I can have entire conversations never having to type more than one letter. So was Swift oh. Key in play earlier today when uh, I'm gonna have to look this you up. were doing the voice Googling and DP? That is, no, <laughs> the voice to text has nothing to do with that. That is pure Google. And the fact that y'all what's were it, still what's talking. It uh, Swift Key? Swift. Look at these droidaholics over here. They're cool little apps you know for what? their phone. Don't get all Mac-centric, Mr. Free? Windows owner over here. That's right. My, I could not get... I think our, that's a work laptop, though, so you yeah, can't fault him. Yeah, that. the work laptop is not necessarily... I'm going to go ahead and install this and see what uh, happens. ...running to my specifications. <laughs> you know, I, I try to keep so, it very clean on the work laptop, so you know, it's not running how I would want it to. Well, my, this, is my, this is my wife's brand-new laptop, which is doing really well for her, especially since she quit smoking, so there's no burn marks on the keyboard. Right. But... Uh, <laughs> it probably doesn't smell. Uh, uh, yeah, and doesn't smell. We don't have that tar film. 
But uh, nonetheless, uh, it's too new for her to have uh, installed so many little, like, have you ever see like, Big Fish or one of those little programs that you keep downloading different... She would have three or four hundred of those on her, on her laptop. So, uh-huh. yeah, cleaning up her laptop, I just gave up. I just stopped. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it, when something goes wrong, get a hold of me. Yeah. Call the IT department. Because if I grabbed it and anything went wrong... Yeah. It was definitely my fault. Yeah, so, no. I don't I know like, how many no. times I've gotten a virus on the computer. I, I can certainly uh, sympathize with uh, with IT guys. So, yeah, so. you said, we grave got to come up with a song for his oh. segues. And I said, that deadly, we need a grave. And then you said, have good damn autocorrect. Good damn <laughs> Of course. Of course. But yeah, I was stuck on your deadly thing. I was like, Wait. Isn't there a song like that? You're going to kiss Lita Ford. Yeah, yeah. Lita Ford. And Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, well, who can forget kiss Lita Ford? Me I have a difficult time with that. You know, I know some, some days I oh, start my dreaming. Older brother, I, I'm fairly certain Lita Ford was the subject of 80 plus hours of masturbation for him as a teenager. So. Well, I was going to not put it towards masturbation hours, but hours of splooge, you know, and, and, and volumetric wise, you know. I, I, yeah. I'd say Lita Ford is at least responsible for a gallon. A half growler. Yeah. Maybe an exactly. hour growler, even. No, If you figure one to two tablespoons average. Yeah. Easily a growler. Yeah. <laughs> Easily a growler. Wow. You really like Lita. No, um, I, like I actually. Off. You, There's you, that too. There's that. I, know this, I think we all did back in 1980. Yeah, I know this though. is going to surprise you, but I um, tend to value variety over consistency. So um, I don't think any human being, other than my partner, I will admit my partner, uh, has managed to elicit such consistent attention that I could account for even um, a 22, let alone a, a growler. Well, you move around a lot. I do. Your spank bank is, is very expansive. Let's just say that um, when spanking, as you say, is happening, Sp- it is not uncommon for my brain naughty, to be naughty. starting like a 50-plus person orgy going on yeah. in my head. I, I flitter across. Do you tend brain. to use your imagination or the internet? Yes. Okay, yes. a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Okay, I'm just curious because I've known people that can that that need to have the visual and can't do up yeah. here, you know, can't do their head. But uh, so 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 I'm wondering. Said head. I, I'm, I'm wondering yeah. in, in, in this discussion. I know I've been part of your of of a mental orgy with you. That's right. You not were. not in the spank bank, but in the dream bank, or or where, or where it, was it uh, a metaphor? And you were talking spank bank. At yeah, the it time. was dream bank. Okay, so I'm in the dream bank. You're in the dream bank. You're not in the nice. spank bank. I would need to see you naked for you to actually enter this. I mean, I suppose I could stick your head onto somebody else's body, but that would be weird. My imagination is good enough that I can take people I've seen naked and stick them in. Uh-huh. But if I haven't seen them naked, it's it's somewhat limited. I tend to get at least halfway naked, you know, depending on how long the podcast runs. But, you know, if we keep going and nobody shows up for d and I'm sure there's going to be some nudity at some you point. Have to- <laughs> well, yeah, it's, also, it's, we'll have a uh, four-hour podcast it's, on our It's 12.14. So, um, and nobody else has shown. Rick is not coming. Eli, in theory, is supposed is to coming. be here. Yeah. Um, there's at least only three of you. Luckily, two of you are healers. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can at least keep him alive. Yes. yes. Congratulations, Barbarian. You are now our, um, our uh, metaphorical fist. Yes. Yes. Just lube mm. me up. Which actually, I was just about to say, which 
connects perfectly into our previous conversation. Actually, um, I was talking to somebody recently. I'm like, Segway. <laughs> sort of. Uh, so I get a variety of emails from various porn sites. Not that I have paid for porn since, I don't know, I was 25. Um, there's so much free porn on the internet, why would anyone pay for it? But exactly. I get the emails from these various porn sites, and um, I have been... Oddly confused by how common, like every single one of them has some fisting, really aspect to it, and oh, that happens in straight porn too. Uh-huh. I mean, the, that, the idea I don't of, see it very often, but it's out there. The idea of shoving my arm into another human being, or another human being shoving their arm into me, not remotely sexual. What, it, you know what? It always it, and I've seen it before on porn. And it always reminds me, I don't know if you guys watch the show, uh, my parents used to watch a lot of English shows when I was a kid, and one of them is All Creatures Great and Small, and nearly every other episode, it was a guy had his fist in a cow, like, doing something. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it always reminded me of. It's like, it's either a sheep or a cow, and they're just like, mm, uh, mm, uh, I just need to manipulate the ovaries, you'll excuse me for a moment. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, are you turning the baby? Is that what like, you're doing down let, there? Let's reach on in. I can feel your spleen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like I don't need a spleen massage. Thank you. No, no. It, how much? How much gun oil is required for a, a fist? You, you don't use gun oil. I've actually seen um, ads for the. Um, it sort of looks like coconut oil or um, shortening. Yeah, okay, they coconut oil. I use it a lot to old cleaning if ways knows how Not nice my skin is, because I cook that oil, like, you know, every it's couple a concentrated of days. Have you seen the movie uh, Striptease with Demi Moore so a little and Burt Reynolds is, like, back in the 90s? New liquid I'm sure I did, but don't There's actually a scene where Burt Reynolds' character walks in, he's this absolute sleaze, and he's just got, like... He is Burt Reynolds. And he's wearing a cowboy hat and cowboy boots, and I don't think he's wearing anything else, and he is head-to-toe covered in Vaseline. And he's like, I like the way it squishes around in the boots. (laughs) (laughs) Best line in a movie ever. (laughs) I actually had to stop the movie at that point and, like, go shower. No, it's so funny. How could you? I would have been The idea of having, in my mind, lube is a necessary evil, not something to be sought out. That squishy feeling. I'm a fan of the the squish. In fact, you know, I, my I, my I, I, name for it is the squish. The the squishy feeling when it is another body on my body, fine. When I am not in contact with another body and I'm getting squish. See, and I would agree. I would agree. Um, I like the squish. Hello. I like the uh, I like the squish of sweat, but not of that. No. Yeah. Yeah. That that is kind of it. It seems no. I like the sweat. I like sweat. I like women. Sweaty women to me are just wow. Gorgeous. I actually I hate it when I start sweating. Like when I'm exercising, I'm like, yeah. really, it's getting my eyes, my glasses are slipping yeah. on my face. But yeah, but that's fuck sweat is awesome. Yes, yeah. exactly. Thank you, thank you. It's part of the. I think there's different pheromones you know, that come out. Oh at yeah, that point. And, there and has to like, be. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm like, please don't apologize. <laughs> please, please don't, because it's awesome. I need to find me a partner along those lines because it's been requested that I wear a sweat band, and I know, I, I know. <laughs> In the summer, it's, it's not uncommon for me to have to go stop and do a wipe down. Okay, I have one question for you. Are you playing the uh, soundtrack to Flashdance while you're doing it? <laughs> I, I, 
I'm a sweaty pig. And, and yesterday, my, my daughter, during her ballet performance, I realized that she must get some of the glands from me because I was oh, watching did. her in the ballet performance. I was like, you didn't put your pit stick on, did you? How so was she? she? Re- How was it? it? It was a great, it was a perfect performance. Oh, good. The, the period of time leading up to that with all the women around who were all just completely tense and not relaxed at all. And having, oh, moms? Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and oh. teacher having to be in this environment. I absolutely hated it. Yeah, no, ten percent was trying to run away, and they kept pulling me back. I, I've always found that the worst part of, of dealing with anything school related so far it's is the, the parents. other parents. <laughs> Literally, clubs, anything like that. Uh, so my best friend Kevin is has hyperhidrosis. If he starts sweating, it's deluge sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's actually um, I actually find it amusing that I have to be working really damn hard to sweat weightlifting, light aerobics, anything isn't going to do it. But I hit this point, and all of a sudden I feel like Kevin. I am just drenched head yeah. to toe. Like stripes down my back, stripes down my pit, stripes down the front. My shirt is sopping wet. And I'm like, I. when did this start? It's like, I feel like I hit this point, and then it's just a gallon of water. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I've got, a, I've got a partner who doesn't appreciate the gallon of water. You know, there's there's absolutely no appreciation for the sweat. You will be dry. You will not drip on me. Um, so, you know, it's it's often and and while she's putting the pillow on my face from below, <laughs> she goes. It's not because I don't want to see you. It's because I don't. I, and I'm not exactly. I don't want to be rained on. My eyes. Yes. I don't want to be rained on by okay. the. the <laughs> For speaking as one of the only people here who may have regularly had somebody hovering above them, dripping sweat on them. Sweat getting in the eyes burns like hell, so I understand your inclination. Yeah, well, but it's passion, man, you know. I I think at that point it's time to change the uh, position of of what you're doing. Well, no, it's a good point. It's a very good point, yeah. no, Yeah, yeah. flip it over. And a lot of times in the summer that'll that'll be when the flip actually occurs. In the summer it's like, okay, I don't want to sweat on you. Let's just find something that will work for you. Um, One of uh, Tamara's favorite stories. So I have huge sinus allergy issues. So I regularly irrigate my sinuses with saline to rinse them all out. And I found that um, how much water comes out at any given point is sort of like a die 20 roll. You can... It's just totally fucking random. So there have actually there was actually one time when we were being intimate that um, making the whoopee. All of a sudden, my nose decided to re-drain. Bees do it right Birds down do into it. her mouth. <laughs> oh, it was just salt water. Bad mood. Ruined the mood. Actually, it is a, that, that is a yeah. mood killer. You do, you yes, do, you do realize there are no take backs, no do overs, and no edits. Tamara has told the story as well, so I'm. I think I heard. I actually heard the story before Ed. I think it was her that told it. Yeah, I think it was actually Thursday. Yeah, that could have been. No, I heard. I've heard it before. Yeah, and she she mentioned having told it on Thursday, and it is really just salt water. But it is it is a mood killer. Yeah, and it's really annoying because. Like six hours later, I'm like, I like throw my head all different directions to try and get everything to drain out. And then, like, three, six hours later, I'm at work. It's like I lean down to fill my glass and I'm sort of at an odd angle. All of a sudden, just like shower coming out. I'm like, I didn't put that much water in. How, where the hell is it coming from? It's multiplying <laughs> at this point. 
Are there gremlins in your nose? There, I think there are gremlins in my nose. <laughs> They're I just see, stopping. It's the only explanation. There's not a natural explanation, so it must be supernatural. It's exactly. It is exactly. a. I have a nose of holding. It gathers water from each time I do the it, and then just holding. releases it all at once. I think there's a dimensional portal in your yes. nose that Good goes day. to You'll some sort of uh, dimension that's again. just salt water, just saline. Actually, um, I'm a, my it's nose a is a very unusual, two and a half times but very effective disguise so a for the TARDIS. Well, <laughs> very good. Fellas, speaking of, of noses of holding in the supernatural, I do believe it's almost time for D&D. Is there anything else we'd like to... It is. I mean, we're only about an hour in. I mean, we could wrap up right now and... Well, technically... We're an hour and a half in. Your laptop just yeah, lost that was the first fault. half an hour. I'm a fucking idiot, and I apologize to you both. So the for Sam being a, a thumbs idiot. up. The Lego the movie, Sam. a thumbs up solidly. I think everyone. Yeah, I mean, what, what, I mean, I enjoyed the, the the Lego movie a lot, and that was one of the subjects I wanted to bring. It was branding in movies, and that's a that's a movie based on brand. Oh, I mean, that is a brand, and it, but they did it so bloody well that I, it was it was it was kind of transparent <clears throat> but at the same time it, you know it was in your face so, you know it was the batman it was uh the little pegasus it was robots well, they even had the star wars in there a lot of different stuff so oh, yeah but lego is all about it, it is a, a brand with dozens of sub brands it's the whole point of of lego although last weekend we went and saw maleficent New movie, Angelina mm-hmm. Jolie. Yeah, how was and it? Tamara likes to joke that um, it's the first movie where they didn't have to airbrush out her horns. They just <laughs> let them be there. Right. <laughs> and Angelina Jolie couldn't be that bad. And um, I think she's a sweetheart. So, um, Sleeping Beauty, weirdly, is one of my favorite Disney movies, hands down. I it's it's a great movie, even though movie. it it is nothing that I ever stand for ever. I mean, you have helpless woman falling asleep, rescued by a man yeah. who comes to save her. And in the original story, the original story is horrible because he shows up, she's asleep, he rapes her, and she's woken up by childbirth. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the real story. The yes. original story, and um, this one like actually. Life. This. Uh, Did you wake up by childbirth? Yes. Is that what woke you up? That was my great awakening. <laughs> and I wasn't ah. exactly what, sure what happened before that. Um, Just I could, lots of masturbation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but this version, I will. Spoiler alert! It should be called Napping Beauty. Napping because Beauty. Because Aurora is asleep for maybe twenty minutes. Oh, in the movie. But it does continue the recent Disney trend of moving away from <coughs> romantic love toward other kinds of love as the solution mm-hmm. to the problems like Frozen. Like Frozen, yeah. And like um, Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> Really? Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> no. Um, crazy Red Hair. Brave. Brave. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was a mother-daughter. Mother-daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah, Frozen with Sisters. So mm-hmm. it, it continues that trend, which is nice. So. Which is a good trend, yes. Yeah. Because I actually find that romantic love causes more problems than it solves. Generally. Yeah. I'm going to agree. Yeah, Especially if you keep doing it over and over again. Stop falling oh, in love. Speaking of. And with that, I, I think we're getting to D and D. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we actually need to play some D and D today. And uh, later tonight, I'll be going to see uh, Greg Proops perform his podcast, "The Smartest Man in the World." I wish and, I could follow. Um, yeah, I know you should come out. I think it's uh, only twenty or twenty five dollars at the door. And I should not have bought that twenty dollar beer yesterday. But I know yeah, you could be going. I work at six thirty. I, I, I don't. I don't have to go to work till four thirty in the afternoon. So it's Perfect. just a meeting. I thought, I thought you had Mondays off. I do, but we have. I have a meeting tomorrow. So. Whatever. Uh, whatever. So basically, you have some middle manager somewhere who needs to feel important? No, no. I'm, it's a manager's meeting. Gotcha. So I, have to, I have to be there. 
But nonetheless, uh, yes, I'm going to go see Greg Proops tonight, and uh, it uh, will be pretty damn awesome. So, anyway, uh, signing off. Uh, go ahead. Well, that was Beer Plus Three, and I'm Mike. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jeff, and we love y'all. I'm stopping it now. So, if it's unusual relationships you want to talk about, guys, maybe I should mention the toaster I've been dating for the last three months. She's so beautiful and has the sweetest slots you've ever seen, but I can't tell if she's AC or DC. Beer Plus 3 featured Jeff Swatman, Michael Zamora and Caleb Sandlers. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. Good night.